sanguine. Yeah, we are a community of faith that are optimistic. We are discovering the mystery and intrigue of a walk of faith. So welcome. So excited you're here today. Oh, my friends, it's always so good to be back with you. I just, I love doing podcasts. I love your feedback. I love that you guys are sharing these podcasts with people that maybe don't fit in that to that traditional mold. You know, they're not people of faith. They're ones searching. Thank you guys for sharing that. And we can only hope and pray that they find meaning in their life. And if you're one of the newbies listening, welcome. I really don't care what your perspective is. I care about people. I want to see people live full lives. And I certainly have a perspective on things. And I'm going to share it here. But I'm here to encourage you to live an active life of faith. And we are just a bunch of misfits here. We don't fit into the traditional molds. We are uniquely created for a specific purpose. We're not oddballs. We're incredible people designed for to do wonderful things. So welcome. As always, yeah, as I already said, thanks for your feedback. One of my friends, Amy, told me my intro was a little dull. So I redid it. Oh, yeah. I redid it. I just asked you guys a little patience because I've recorded and processed a few podcasts um, after I've done this, but this one's going to be inserted in because I, I kind of got lit up this week. And so I wanted to talk about a few things. Yeah. Not, not that lit up, you know, uh, uh, fired up this week. Uh, but anyway, I did a new one. Uh, you guys give me your feedback. Tell me if you like it more upbeat, more fitting to what we are here. But as always, I love your feedback. I, I love the conversation. So you can always email me at 406bigt at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And so you guys are like, man, what got him lit up this week? Well, there there is a, actually a number of different things that just, I don't know, uh, they frustrated me at first, and then secondly, they made me sad, and thirdly, they got me fired up because all the events, although I think they were me well-meaning, but intentionally just gave a poor reflection of this exciting faith walk that we have with the big AG, the awesome God, which is the Holy Spirit, that wonderful Father, that Daddy Father, and Jesus, the Son, who, who went the distance for us. And uh, I, I think these people are well-meaning people, but they just were a poor reflection on what I feel, and I think many of you out there, and maybe this has been a point of wounding for some of you out there, have just taken some things out of context or were just a little ignorant. And I was, it's funny because I was thinking of the name of this podcast and maybe I'll still name it this, but I was, I was a little fired up and I was going to do a name like cursed are the ignorant, which is a cool name. And I may still use it. I don't necessarily want them to be cursed, but I, I want, I want everybody to find the joy and the life that there is and a walk of faith with the big AG, the awesome God. Um, cause I just so, believe in it. Well, the first instance is uh, some friends on Facebook. Um, I'm sure it's none of you guys and you may ask me why. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just I'm just sure. Although maybe the listening audience has expanded that much. Uh, it is expanding and it's great and it's super fun because I hope people are falling in love with a walk of faith. But I, I digress. Just posting scriptures online that are totally out of context. And I mean, they're accurate from the Bible, but they're totally out of context. And I'm thinking, man, those scriptures make me as a Christian 
want to not be a Christian because they're totally taken out of context and they're not in the context of the Bible. And it's super frustrating. And, and this went on and went on and it's still going on. Thankfully, they've changed their tone a little bit, but it just made me think, you know, and we see this in our media today that so many things are taken out of context. You have to read things in the context. And when we're talking about scripture, we have to talk about things. We can't talk about scriptures in isolation. It's it's almost virtually impossible. And I have often moved away from just like talking about one scripture in particular without bringing it into the context of the whole biblical account of our interaction with the big AG, the awesome God, and the human race and our, our struggles as a human race to stay in relationship and God's intervention in that struggle and God's desire for us as his creation and the incredible sacrifice he went through. When we take things out of context, it just it just blows things out of proportion. And so I'm thinking, why are these people posting this on Facebook? And I, I still don't know the answer other than I think being a formal legalist, and those of you guys that don't know what it is, it's someone that just gets caught up in the rules and misses the point of Jesus that was to bring freedom, but is like a rule follower and ends up being a policeman on everybody else around him. And being a formal legalist and having that belief system, you take pleasure in other people's suffering and that when they come under the weight of a scripture that's improperly used, and yes, it happens all the time, you know, a common term for that is spiritual abuse, and it does happen, and it's awful, and I hate it. And some of you out there are maybe listening to something about faith for the first time because you've been under that, and I so ask for your forgiveness on the behalf of the people that did it. It is such an awful thing. But anyway, so, yeah, it just gets me, and I, I don't understand it. It's like they take pleasure in, in causing people pain, and yet, you know, we go back, and this is just a short part of this lesson. I hope I don't go long. I've been pretty windy lately, don't you think? And you guys, let me know if it's worth it or not. I, ho- I hope the extra is blessing you and it's valuable. If it's not, and uh, just turn me off, okay? I want to bring value to you and to your life. So anyway, we go to the beginning, Genesis 1.1. Here is the initial context that God specifically created us and he wanted to spend time with us. All of scripture needs to be interpreted in light of that because that is the beginning. That is the beginning context and nothing has changed other than God's determination to find a way and keep interaction with us and teach us some things along the way. You know, the commandments and the rules, they all serve a purpose. The Ten Commandments, if you look at them, they're fantastic protections for us to maintain a happy whole life. They are great guidelines to live by. And then the law, it served a purpose for keeping us in interaction. Some of you are like, what the heck's the law? Well, you know, look it up on the Internet, Bible and the Mosaic Law and uh, You'll get a start. I mean, even if you read things that are a little off, you'll read more more than one thing and you'll probably get a good balance. But it was something that was designed to show us that we could not get everything right. And, you know, when we don't get everything right, that defines an archery term, which is a sin. It's missing the bullseye. And so when we don't get things right, we fall into sin. And there is the biblical term 
sin. And so the law showed us that we just can't get things right because the standard was perfect, which is the only fair standard, which we've talked about before. But the law kept us in interaction with God until Jesus came. And so Jesus, and this whole time, God's desiring that initial thing in the garden. And so Jesus comes and he becomes a man and he walks with us and he teaches us about community, about fellowship, about his being God, but also being man, intense love for the human race. Now, he got awful mad at some humans that didn't appreciate the human race, that appreciated the rules and regulations above the human race. And so that tells us what God really values. And so God values people and he invites them like Jesus did into a relationship. He calls out and calls them to a life of fullness and satisfaction. Is it easy? No. Any life that's worth living is not easy. So my frustration this week is just people representing, misrepresenting the scriptures, in my opinion. It's like what I want to do here. I want to invite you on this faith journey that isn't necessarily easy, but it's fun. It's highly gratifying. And I don't have to convince you that God's going to speak to you and do things through your life because I know he will and he's going to prove himself to you. So I don't have to validate that to you. I just have to invite you into a relationship with a big AG. And so, hey, let's just do it. (laughs) Oh, Father, you're always there. You love us so much. Hey, there's maybe some people out here today that want to meet you. So, hey, all you out there, here's your heavenly father. Say hello. Yeah, there's the Son. There's Jesus. He went the distance for you. There's the Holy Spirit. He wants to walk with you and guide you. And so, you guys, you know, and I, I, I do, I'm doing this more often because I think it's important. All you have to do is say, hey, I know that I haven't got it right and that I have sin in my life and I've fallen short of your standard, big AG, awesome God. And I accept the work that Jesus did, the burden bearer that he came And he bore all my sins and the sins of all my friends, if they so choose, to accept his, well, he did it anyway, whether you want to accept it or not. But I accept your work, Jesus, and I invite you and the Holy Spirit and the Father in. Boom. Hey, you guys are in. It's It's that simple, okay? And so if you're in, invite other people into this journey. You know the, uh, yeah, my favorite two words there, you know. It's because I believe you guys are so smart and uh, I don't have anybody else in here to talk to except for those pictures that you guys have sent, which is awesome. If you haven't sent one, email it to me. I would love a picture of you, your dog, your cats, whatever. Um, It just helps my space that I record this in feel so much more personable because you guys are here. But the church is not a building. And I'll probably get into this in the next podcast, but I'm not going to go there. It's you and where you go and where you gather with other people, that is the church. So, yeah, that was one thing that lit me up because I so value this faith walk. It is such a priority in my life. And the other thing is prayer, which I'm going to talk about the Lord's Prayer today. And those of you guys that don't know what it is, is when Jesus was teaching when he was alive and he was doing what they call the Sermon on the Mount when he was outside on the Mount of Olives and he was teaching. And this is one of the teachings that he gave. But this all came about because Tom got lit up at a gathering I was at. And it was a wonderful gathering. There was discussion. There was praying to the big AG, the awesome God. And there was worship. Well, during one of the prayer times, uh, a number of people prayed. But this one person prayed. 
And you guys may think this is extreme, but they basically spoke a curse. And I'll, I'll just kind of sum it up for you. It's like, oh, Lord, you know, this thing. And, you know, we're talking about the COVID-19. And if it's years later, you probably still are going to know what it is because, well, I, I won't go there. Um, but this thing has just made things really bad and uh, they're never going to get better. And then, so there's a curse because remember, and those of you that are new, this is a premise with God. It is infinite possibilities. And so in our minds, we make assumptions and we make declarations and our words have power. And so this is a basically a curse with words establishing, trying to establish something. And I didn't agree with it because I believe that God, and I actually do believe that God is using this COVID-19 thing incredibly and he is going to transform the church into something beautiful. And we're going to see incredible fruit. But so then there was a curse. And then the person began to preach to everybody in a group in prayer form. Oh, Lord, please just help everybody to read their Bibles. Help them to get up really early, early in the morning. Because only the holy get up really early. Those people that stay up late at night, their prayers really aren't as holy as those people. You guys get my drift. It was absolutely awful i was just my skin was crawling and as i was listening to this and yeah I, I i'm not sure what that's about i can speculate what the motives are if it's just a bad habit um what it is but fathers are daddy and i i don't talk to my earthly dad like that i wouldn't talk to my heavenly father like that and some of you may be like i don't have a dad and maybe that's the case here and so you don't know how to talk to dad but even your friends do you talk to your friends that way god is your relative. He's your friend. He's your hero. Think about how you would talk to those different individuals. You know, your hero, you would talk to with reverence. Your friends, you know, you would you would talk casually, but intimately. Your family, you know, it is that blood relationship. And so there's absolute kinship there and your conversation. And so that's how we talk to God. It's like, I get up in the morning, some of my first prayers that are often in my head, God, thanks so much for today. Thanks for the sunshine. Thanks for my coffee. Thanks for the peace that you bring into my life. Thanks for the good night's sleep. And I often ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want this day to be your day. And I want to see your power work through me. And I want to be a blessing. Guys, I, I have no extra prayer and I get it wrong but how does that sound compared to the other one? And so another just poor representation. It is a, a Christianity that's gone astray, that's been like sterilized, stripped, and been genetically modified. It's like the, the new Christianity, the one we're living in that isn't the Acts Christianity, is like the genetically modified Christianity. It's GMO Christianity. And I, I just don't want that. And I don't want that for you, my friends, and those of you that are searching I don't want that. And so I was thinking as the Lord taught, and I'll just read the prayer. And I have a few quick thoughts because I know I, I've got to be going along here. Our Father in heaven, and I'm reading the New Living Translation. So maybe different than some of you recognize and some of you are like, I don't recognize anything. That's awesome because you know, this will be good for you. Make your name. Oh, sorry. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. 
And so let's just take a quick look. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And other versions are hallowed. That is giving honor. And it is a form of gratitude and honoring that God has. And this is what I can say. And I believe that many of you can say it out there too, or soon will be able to that he has taken great care of us and that he has loved us well. And we are so thankful and we say, may your name be kept holy, perfect, wonderful. And that may your kingdom come soon. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the realm in which God rules. And so we are praying, we are asking, we are desiring God's rulership. It's like, God, let your kingdom, your rulership, your righteousness, your good judgments, may they come soon. And then may your will be done. God's will is for wholeness and for relationship. And in heaven, it is already there. And so we're asking for it as it is in heaven. And so we are asking God's perfect will, which brings wholeness and life. And then this is the one I love. Give us today the food we need. And the word give, it really implies a right. And so God is saying, I am your father. Ask me, ask me. Jesus is teaching us, God is your father. I am a father. And when my kids ask for food, they get it because I know that it is my job to provide for them. And Maybe not like all fathers, but like most fathers, I do it gladly and I love doing it and I love giving it to them and I love even giving them more than they ask for, which our Heavenly Father says that he does. And so I love that Jesus teaches us to ask and that is that God is our provider and he has what we need. We just need to ask how wonderful and later Jesus talks about how even people like me sinful parents. Adrian and I are sinful parents. Okay. Maybe we don't sin as much as we used to, but we still sin. We don't always get it right and how we desire good things. So I'm sure all of you, you have had some degree of sinful parents and maybe even along the lines where you would call them evil. This is great news because God says, I am not them. I am so much more and I will so much more take care of you. So those of you that have father issues, this is a great place to start and to begin to say this, that God is not like your parents. He is good. And it's a great opportunity to start in a new place and begin to leave those relationships with your parents behind. Now they're part of you, but they don't have to move into the future with your relationship with God. They can stay a past memory as you develop a new relationship with Father God, Daddy God that loves you, desires you to ask for what he already has made provision for you. And you begin to develop this new relationship. That is the God we serve, not an evil, spiteful God. He desires to give you what you lead. And then talks about and forgive us our sins and the need for us to forgive those who sin against us, which is interesting because if you, you know, and many of you know this, and you'll be just like, uh, dad, Tom, some of you are going to be like, ding, the light bulb just came on. But when you don't forgive people, that's like you drinking poison and waiting for them to die. Jesus says that you need to forgive because it is good for you. Yeah, it's also good for the other person. 
but it's good for you because that is who your father and your relatives, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, because you are grafted into the family of God. And so you are being an imitator of them. Yeah, because you are a great reflection. And it's just an admonishment because we often, I would say always, but often know what we're supposed to do. And Jesus is just saying, do it. Okay, do it. And then not to lead us into temptation, which is kind of crazy because some of you are like, God leads us into temptation. Yeah. Okay. James says he doesn't tempt us, but does he lead us in temptation? Well, yeah. Think about Jesus saying to Peter, I hand you over to Satan. So what? And some of you may not know this. Some of you do that. He could be refined. Look at the story of Job in the Bible. You know, where Job, <laughs> some of you are like, you jerk. What? It's Job. Yeah, I know it's Job. <laughs> yeah, go get a Job, right? And how Jesus, or, well, Jesus was back then, but the Old Testament, he uses uh, different language around God, like Jehovah and things like that, but that God gave, the big AG gave Satan permission to have input, and Satan's input in your life usually isn't good, but to test Job. And Job was tested and refined and then restored. And so, yes, Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit don't tempt us, but they often allow us to enter into seasons which have interactions of temptations so refinement can come. And so this is saying, <laughs> and you guys, this is just my take on it, but I think it's a decent take. And so is that, hey, work on your own stuff so God doesn't have to lead you into those desert places to get rid of it. If God's like highlighting some stuff and you keep putting them off for your own benefit, you will enter a desert season. And those of you that don't know what a desert season is, it is those seasons where that baggage that we're holding gets, mm, let's say, encouraged to drop away. Okay, and so this is an admonishment. It's like, hey, I don't want to lead you into these places. And this is Tom's interpretation. Okay, please take it for that. But if you don't, you're going to need it to be a whole person. Okay. All right, guys, I've went so long. I just I know that you guys are already going to do this. Um, if you run into those people that are just a poor reflection and they're given some bad advertisement for Christianity, not the invitation into this incredible faith walk, love on them, give them some input, help them. And you guys go out there and yeah, just be who you are. You misfits, you incredibly uniquely created people that are the church and you are the optimists and you are the game changers. I'm so glad that I'm part of your community and I'm glad to be called a misfit. And so you guys, let me just pray for you. Ah, oh, big AG, awesome God, would you just endue and fill us, myself included, with your presence today, this evening, and over the overnight watch, and as we wake up, that we would be refreshed, that many of us would see dreams and visions and have deeper understandings of you. And as always, you guys, I love you, and uh, just have a blessed week.
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.